0: Let's get off together. Hello and good morning, 2023. Everybody, welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Here we are, New Year's, New Year's content. I have boycotted creating New Year's content. For so many years and I realized something and I wrote this in the little Canva graphic that I made for the get the fuck off podcast I wrote if you're gonna consume it anyway you might as well consume it from me because a lot of these people that show up on the scene in the new year a lot of fitness people a lot of health people a lot of those people they show up on the scene and I want to see the transformation like the show me the show me the Carfax like a lot of people will show up preaching tools at humans and they won't have done it like they're just like well I I read a lot of books and so I'm just gonna you know I'm gonna gonna show you how to do it and it's like well guess what uh show me the (laughs) carfax like that's all I gotta say if you're old enough to get that reference uh it might be time for a colonoscopy anyway uh is that still a commercial by the way I don't fucking know Let's talk about some things. I'm here to talk to you about transformation. Get off the smokes. Get off the sauce. Get off your ass. For 2023, every time we change years, there's always a massive burst of motivation that starts to happen. Like People want to get moving and that lasts about 10 days, so I wanted to get this podcast out within the 10-day window because it will be over with in 10 days, but I think that your idea of wanting to feel better wanting to move into the highest version of you. I think that that's incredibly noble. I think that that's rooted in an actual desire. And my guess is that you have that desire all year round. Like you don't just have it in the first week of the year. I think maybe there's a lot of FOMO in the first week of the year. Like you think, oh, everybody else is getting this in order. So right now, this is the time I got to get it in order. Cause I've wanted to get it in order anyway, you know, like, I want to get all this together anyway, and everybody else is already doing it. So I got to do it. Like this is the way that people get in the first, the first week of the year. And that's fine. Like, is it good for you? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You gotta go through it right now because you're choosing the most miserable month of the year to do it. So let's talk about what are some strategies. Did you stay past that little sing and dance, song and dance that I just did? Guys, here's the deal. I'm going to tell you something. I've said it. This is episode 103. So I've said this so many times that it's it's starting to get old for me but your subconscious mind is the culprit it isn't what you do it isn't how you are it isn't something that's defunct in you it's your subconscious mind and your subconscious beliefs I understand that you just want a quick fix and that's why you're here. And I'm going to give you some stuff that you can do. I'm not going to leave you hanging in this podcast without some stuff, but your subconscious mind and your subconscious beliefs are 100% responsible for everything that you're hanging on to. Everything is attributed to your subconscious mind. I talked about this in the sober series that I just did, by the way. So the Sober Series, uh, I had a lot of people register for the Sober Series. I had one person come live to all three classes. Everybody else, I guess, caught the replay. And the person that came live to the three classes was somebody that actually is in my group day one. And she told me after the first class, or maybe it was the second class, she said to me, Andy, if I didn't know you, I, I would have been probably intimidated to show up. To this, so I get that people are intimidated uh, to show up to things like that. But the Sober Series still exists on the internet, and you can still go and register and watch the the three classes. They're forty nine dollars. It's uh, alltakes.com slash get dash off slash sober dash series. You could register that way if that's something that you wanted to do. I'm gonna talk a little bit about something that I said in the Sober Series. As I was reading and sharing all of the very negative things about drinking, I said that whenever I work with somebody, one-on-one or, or in a, even in a group setting or one-off, like whenever I work with somebody, and especially if it's alcohol related, and I start to, to list the things that are negative or the things that are incredibly detrimental to your health about drinking, the eyes glaze over. The eyes just go, like, I I had somebody that would go into another screen on their computer and start doing other work when I would get to that part. And by the way, people with body stuff, they do the same thing when I start talking about health. Like, they're just, they're zoned out. And I'm like, bitch, I see you. Like, I fucking see you. Get the fuck back here. I'll call them straight the fuck out. I'll be like, listen. But here's why that happens. And I think, I think honestly, for my first... I don't know, like a little bit of coaching. I didn't actually know why that happened. But it happens because the critical faculty of your subconscious, like between your conscious and unconscious mind, critical factor or critical faculty, will not allow the information to pass through. Because you have been taught culturally by every single person that you know that alcohol use is positive. So you will reject Every single thing that comes into your awareness about it being negative. Now, it is, by the way. It's linked to like seven different types of cancers. And it does horrible things to you. Horrible. Horrible things. It does horrible things to your body. Everything about it is poison. There is nothing about it that is positive. Nothing. You are just making yourself a zoned out, numb, fucking idiot. Okay? That's that's what you're doing. That's it. Like, and I'm not even going to like… and I, And I'm going to say this as I'm on a roll here, because everybody, this is what you got to do. Transformation has two parts. So the first part is kicking your ego in the face. And the second part is giving your higher self a hug. Okay. Like all change that you want in the new year involves doing these two things. Kicking your ego in the face. How does that look? Let's say it's something like alcohol use. You are painting yourself in a positive light because of your alcohol use. So you're saying how great alcohol makes you. How great of a lover it makes you. How charming it makes you in your social situations. How wonderful it is and how it incre- it enhances your life in all ways. Now you know that's not true. You know that it makes you a blithering fucking idiot. But l- let's just, you know, you, you consciously know that it makes you a blithering fucking idiot. And subconsciously, your subconscious is like, no, this is very positive. I watched every single person that I've ever known have a good time for decades with this. So I've been told it's positive. So I'm going to reject any information that comes in. By the way, if you don't believe me, um, you can go read Annie Grace's This Naked Mind, Holly Whitaker's Quit Like a Woman, Craig Beck's Alcohol Lied to Me. Like You can go read books to to verify this point. Because one of the things that we talk about in coaching is that you have to look for evidence that the belief that you want to have is true. And you've been looking for evidence your whole life. Nothing is real, by the way. Everything is made up. We just look for evidence to reinforce our beliefs. Because our brains are not truth seekers, they're confirmation seekers. So you can go and you can find confirmation and actually I really recommend Holly Whitaker's book because she cites the fuck out of everything she's got a fucking source on top of a source on top of a source on top of a source for all of this stuff so let me tell you all of this is true (laughs) it's like it's absolutely fucking terrible but your subconscious mind just will not allow that to be the case because your subconscious mind believes that this is positive your subconscious mind wants you to continue to do this and so when I tell you things like this is negative this makes your life worse it makes you make you know poor decisions it makes you sound stupid it makes you sloppy it's killing your body it's giving you cancer it's interrupting your connection to the divine it's interrupting your connection to whatever you believe in source energy it's it's interrupting your creativity it's making you a lesser version of you You don't, you're, you don't want to hear it. So you're just going to zone the fuck out. And I watch the eyes glaze over. Like I watch them happen. The same thing with like eating really poorly. And there's nothing wrong with moderation or balance. But if you don't have the ability to moderate, and maybe someday you will develop the ability to moderate. I have developed the ability to moderate. Five years ago, I didn't have the ability to not binge eat. So five years ago, I did not keep bags of chocolate in my home when I didn't have that ability. Now I have that ability. Five years ago, I didn't have that ability. So let's get back to critical faculty. One of the biggest things that everybody has to know is that if you're constantly making the life you are living at this moment very positive, it will be extremely hard for you to make a change in the upcoming year like that's just facts. If you do not allow yourself to expand to receive new information it's probably not it's things probably aren't going to change. Now I titled this podcast get off the smokes get off the sauce and get off your ass because that was the original formula for GTFO. I always wanted to start with symptoms because that's what people are looking at. Nobody is looking at Oh, let, let's, let's see what my, my six-year-old self has to say about this. Like, nobody gives a fuck about that, right? We're only looking at symptoms. And that's fine. It's okay to look at symptoms if that's where you're at. Like, if you're at symptoms, cool. Like, we could look at symptoms. I'm not dismissing your desire to look at symptoms. I am saying that there is a massive subconscious component to your symptoms So I think a really good starting place for anybody is to realize that what you're doing is not positive. And every opportunity that you can have to tell yourself that it's not positive is going to be a godsend. As long as you're subconsciously believing that it's positive, change is not going to happen. And it's not positive. Believe me. I'm having a a brilliant life experience right now. It's brilliant. I was not having a brilliant life experience when I was drinking. I was hiding. I was hiding. <laughs> like I was just, I was just having like this dumbass experience that like I think most Americans are having. Most of us are just tolerating our lives. Like most of us are just tolerating things with big dreams and wondering when it's going to happen, when the next big thing is going to come that's going to break us away from this prison. And it's like actually, um... There isn't a big thing. There isn't a big thing. And in terms of the massive transformation that you're seeking to have, there isn't a big thing. So I want to talk about uh, the concept of exoneration. This week in day one, I picked up a book called The Tools. And I had my group read this book. Uh, Many of them read it or watched the movie Stutz on Netflix. You can do either. I think a lot of people would prefer to watch a movie, but you'll get way more value out of the book. Because a book is very comprehensive. And uh, this book I think came out like 10 years ago. And the movie is new. Jonah Hill produced it. Yes, 10 years ago. I just opened it up. Copyright 2012. Oh, 11 years, (laughs) almost 11 years, probably. So Jonah Hill produced this documentary because Phil Stutz was his therapist. His, he's a psychotherapist. And he gave him these practical tools that he could do to move forward in his experience. And um, so I, I watched the documentary because a couple of members of my group watched it and it really resonated with them. And then I read the book and I thought, all right, let's have a call on this. And one of the concepts that is mentioned that I love in the book is called exoneration. And I really love this concept because it's all about how... Human beings want to get to the place where they have exoneration, meaning they don't want to do the work anymore. Like they don't want to get to a place where they're continuing to do the things that they do. And what they talk about is that there are, there are three unavoidable things in the human experience. Pain, uncertainty, and constant work. Pain, uncertainty, constant work. This will continue with you for the rest of ever so I love to tell people this because when we're thinking in the new year about like health stuff we want to do for example everybody knows the gym is the most asinine fucking place to go in the first two weeks of the year people will get to this place where they think if they get to a certain point a certain weight a certain aesthetic you know, they'll, they'll be like suffering and misery up until that point. And then when that point happens, they just let up completely. How many of you have like a yo-yo type of experience with your bodies? You're just yo-yoing constantly. I see this a lot with people. And that's because people don't understand that number one, process is what we need to embrace. And two, pushing past discomfort never stops. Like it never, ever stops. And what I love about the book, the tools, there are some great tools to get through things like anger. And, you know, he talks about the grateful flow and using gratitude. And some of these tools make you feel really good. But the first tool that he mentions in the book, which is my favorite, is the reversal of desire. And the reversal of desire is this idea that we live in what is the comfort zone. So if you if you have the book and you want to pick it up on page 29, to figure out your comfort zone, he says, pick something you hate doing. It could be traveling, meeting new people, family gatherings, etc. How do you organize your life so you can avoid doing it? Imagine that pattern is in place is in a place you hide in. That's your comfort zone. What does it feel like? So think about that for yourself. What does your comfort zone feel like? My comfort zone felt like a lot of things. It felt like uh, Bubba Gum Shrimp Company, where I used to work. It felt like the bar. It felt like, well, I actually still live in the apartment that I've lived in for 12 years. So it feels like my apartment. It feels like living on the East Coast. Uh, I live on the east coast. I've always lived on the east coast. That's part of my comfort zone. Um do I want to live on the east coast? I don't think so. See this is this is what's tricky, right? Like figuring out the parts of your experience that you're doing because you genuinely love to do them and the parts of your experience you're you're doing because it's comfortable. So I think that there was a time when I really wanted to live on the East Coast and I really wanted to live in New York City. And that is – I love New York City. I really do. But at this point, I'm still living in New York City because it's my comfort zone. Not because I particularly love it. Like, I, I love it because it's my home and it's been my home for 14 years. But do I really love it that that I want to live here forever? No, like I want to live in a city where people are cleaner and nicer because people are filthy here and and they shit on the sidewalks and there's trash everywhere and it's always dirty and people are angry. And like, do I really want to live here? Not really. (laughs) Like it's my comfort zone. My apartment's my comfort zone. I've been here forever. Like I've come home to the same door for 12 years. So like, I've lived in New York City 14 years and I've lived in the same couple block radius this entire time. Same neighborhood, same bodega, same laundromat. Well, no, that's a lie. My first laundromat went out of business. Then I found a new one. Oh, still there. Same places to eat, same foods, you know, like, I I mean, same, right? Same, same, same. When I drank, it was same bars. Same bars, same, not a new bar, not a a novel bar, same fucking shit over and over and over again. Same food for dinner, same grocery store. This year I changed grocery stores. That was like blew my fucking mind that I went to a new place to buy groceries, like that I did that. This is the comfort zone. We love the comfort zone. So some people find comfort in not exercising. I find comfort in exercising. So I'm going to give you a great example. When do you, so, so what he does is, well, first, before I give an example, I'm going to give you the tool that, that Phil Stutz talks about. So this is something practical that you can do. And the idea is instead of running from pain to stay in the comfort zone, you use the reversal of desire and you go through the pain because the way out is through and past the pain is endless possibilities. This doesn't necessarily need to be with exercise. This can be with something like internet visibility. This can be something with like sending an email to your list. If you're in business, this could be like doing a live video. This could be calling someone, cold calling somebody on the phone. Um, This could be all those kinds of things. But if it's a health focus for the new year, which it might be for you because a lot of people really do have a health focus in the new year, you do have to go through the comfort zone and you have to go through the pain and through the pain on the other side is endless possibilities. Now, this is going to take energy to do, but ultimately you're going to end up with more energy after you go through that area. So after you go through the pain, you will end up with more energy and you will effectively end up with less pain. So what you're fighting against is pain and, and, and your avoidance. And when you do that, you will be subject to what he calls the force of forward motion. The force of forward motion is extremely powerful and I actually saw it and I I had forgotten to mention the force of forward motion in the call that I did with day one but I started to tell a story and I'm going to tell you guys the story. The story was when I was visiting my mother over the Christmas holiday I it was zero degrees on Christmas Eve and I think it ended up in the morning getting up to three degrees now it was one of those weather phenomenons where it dropped like 45 degrees within a 24-hour period. If you are an athlete and you run outside, you know that that's really hard on your lungs. Like it's like a kick in the chest to be used to and accustomed to breathing in 45-degree air And then within a 24-hour period, you're breathing in three-degree air. Like the night before, the 23rd, my brothers and I have a tradition where we go out to have a meal. We call it Siblings Night Out. And we've been doing it since 2012. And we went out that night. My brother Louis drove us and we went out and we had Mexican. And when we went out, I like had like a a sinking feeling in my chest because it was was hard to breathe. So the next morning, I decided I'm going to go for my run and I don't really want to do it. I don't really want to do it. My comfort zone says I want to stay inside, and I just so I didn't want to do it. And um, I decided, okay, I'm going to do it anyway. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the reversal of desire. I'm gonna put on and so I put on a blue face mask. I learned this trick in 2020. If you wear a blue face mask, what ends up happening is. Um, The air that you're breathing in is warmer, but the condensation from that air goes straight up and will, it used to make my eyelashes really wet. Well, it's three degrees out. So my eyelashes were not just wet. They were icicles. Like I ended up with icicle eyelashes. I took a picture of it. It was really cool. But when that was over, what ended up happening was I felt so fucking powerful. Like I had a sense and feeling of power that was like, um like incredible like i felt like i was an extraordinary unstoppable force of a human like that power that 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 great like higher force power just overwhelmed me it wasn't the same power that i get just running like on a regular day it was that power that i get only when i don't want to do something i sometimes even doubt that i can do the thing and then i do it and then i shock the fuck out of myself and then i go <gasps> That was so fucking awesome. And that is the force of forward motion. Because that makes you want to go out and do it again and again and again and again. Like I had that same feeling when I when I celebrated three years sober. I was like, oh my God, that's fucking powerful. Look at me. I'm motherfucking powerful and and I talk about this a lot with like praise from others because when I first became a runner I really liked praise from others and I like I didn't believe in myself that much so like praise from others really kept me going and what I've learned about praise from others is that it's just nice. I mean it's nice like it's nice to have praise from other people but it can only ever be nice. It's not something that is ever going to keep you moving. It's only ever just Nice. The thing that keeps you going is the the feeling that you get, that force of forward motion when you shock the fuck out of yourself again and again and again. When you come up against the edge of your comfort zone and you decide, I'm going to go through this pain. I'm going to embrace this pain and I am going to, on the other side of this, be a better, more capable more higher version of the being that I am because I decided that I was going to show up and I was going to do this I went through the same thing when I was building my business I always say if I never did this with my body first I probably never would have done it in my business because building a business from nothing is fucking awful it's fucking awful oh god it's awful wouldn't wish it on anybody it's good now but it was awful when do you use the reversal of desire? Using the reversal of desire is saying words like, I love pain. Pain sets me free. Another one, bring it on. If you don't want to like say, I love pain, bring it on. I registered for a half marathon um, this month. <laughs> well, that's going to be awful. I'm so excited about it. Why? Because I love pain. I've done that race Twice that race is fucking awful. It's awful every time. It snows every time. I find that weather has the same patterns like year after year. Like if there's a snowstorm, if you look back at your Facebook and your memories, there's always a snowstorm right around the same time every year. It's the same every year. We always think, oh no, that's sounds surprising. That never happens. Yeah, we have we have one-off weather events that are like once in a lifetime like Hurricane Katrina, but, but mo- more or less like Things are the same every year. Like different kinds of things happen like around the same time every year. So I'm really excited about this race. The weather's going to be terrible. I already know. I mean, I'm bracing myself for the worst. And when that's over, I'm going to feel a whoosh like you would not believe. I am going to feel like a powerful beacon of fucking strength. And there's nothing like that. That is the force of forward motion. That's the force of forward motion. Because I know… You know, I am I intend to qualify for Boston this year. I'm saying it publicly. I intend it every year. And there's nothing wrong with intending it. Because no matter how long it takes, if that's my intention, I will eventually reach that. But I know that starting the for, force of forward motion this early in the year is beneficial. So when do you use the reversal of desire? Saying things like, I love pain. Pain sets me free. Bring it on. When do you use it? Any time you are trying to avoid something. Anytime that you're going towards something that you want to avoid, you use that. And there are all these liminal points, like at the end of the chapter. And, you know, one of the, the liminal points is I've gone through enough pain in my life. When's it going to stop? It's human nature to think. This is what, what they write in the book. Uh, Phil Stutz and Barry Michaels write this. It's human nature to think, uh, page 58 if you want to follow along, it's human nature to think you know when you've had enough pain to want a reprieve from your troubles, but life doesn't work that way. There may be many positive things in your future, great joy and fulfillment, but inevitably life will never exempt you from facing more pain. Once you accept this, your goal will no longer be for pain to stop. It will be to increase your tolerance for it, which is exactly what the reversal of desire will do for you. This leads to a much more positive way to look at pain. Pain is the universe's way of demanding that you continue to learn. The more pain you can tolerate, the more you can learn. In this chapter, what you're learning is how to move forward despite adversity. Every painful event is part of that training program. It's only by accepting this that you can develop your potential to its fullest. Once you look at life this way, you won't ask for the pain to stop because it's really asking for your education to stop. We are not satisfied when we are not expanding. When we're just stagnant like I was when I was working at Bubba Gump, just doing the same job, same fucking conversations, same rote work, pouring liquor bottles, um, same stock conversations with people, same thing every day for 11 years, believe me. There was nothing I loved about that. I was either just trying to zone out to get to my next vacation, which you know you have to take a lot of them when you're doing a job like that, or for many years up until, what was it? I mean, it was it was really basically all of the eleven years because only two months that I worked there was I sober, because um, I got sober day after Christmas 2019, and you know I really only worked there two and a half months before the restaurant shut down for COVID. And uh, so most of the time, most of that 11 years was me freaking medicating, like using alcohol to numb out my life because you've got to like push fake feelings of excitement when your life is boring because we don't like boring life because we don't want to not be expanding. We want to be stimulated. We want to go through adversity. We want to be overcoming hurdles like that's what humans are here to do. And as I talked about with exoneration that they talked about at the end of this book um, we never get to exoneration. There's never a point in our life where things are going to start feeling like you don't ever have to work at them. There's never a point where that's going to happen. So, as you're going into your health goals for the January month, I want you to know that it never stops. How long do you have to eat healthy? Forever, forever, till you're dead. However, you might not have to be so strict past a couple of months. In my own personal journey, um, and things, and I wrote this in my email this week, things are going to change for you. So what's true for you today is not always going to be true for you. So when I was getting my nutrition in order, for example, I had to increase my inputs, meaning I needed to eat more of things that I wasn't used to eating so that my body learned not only to digest those things, not only to utilize those nutrients, not only to create the different enzymes in my gut that were necessary for breaking down those those different um, foods. However, all of that, but I needed to um, also learn to understand craving for different types of things and to really understand. So I had to increase my inputs. So what I did was I eliminated certain inputs to increase other inputs. So I stopped eating things like, you know, inflammatory foods, like enriched wheat flour. And I and I said this in my email. Uh, Three years ago, I would have sworn up and down that no human being over the age of 30 should eat enriched wheat flour. And I kind of still think that really, except one problem. I eat it every day. <laughs> like. I have switched my breakfast up. I used to eat four eggs, avocado, bacon for breakfast. And now I eat a bacon, egg, and cheese in a roll. And I am not heavier than I was in the days where I ate uh, four eggs and bacon and avocado for breakfast. I'm not. Like I'm not heavier. I don't think that my gut health is more poor. Probably for other reasons. I'm not really sure. Like I find… that I have about the same energy levels. You know, I, I don't have an issue with that at this point. And I don't really have any food rules at this point. But when I was starting to kind of get shit together, yeah, I had food rules. And I think that that is important for a lot of people because a lot of people go into an intuitive eating journey not really understanding at all what they're doing at all. A lot of them end up really overeating for the first like month or two. And that's necessary. Some of them gain weight in the beginning of that. And that's necessary. Um, there's all sorts of necessary things that happen. And I think that, really all of you would do yourself a great service to see a registered dietitian if you're entering some sort of health journey in the new year. I'm not certified in that. And while I do believe that mindset is far more important than information because without the right subconscious – again, everything is your subconscious. So if you don't subconsciously believe that you're worthy, that you're worthy of health, that you're worthy of love, that you're worthy in general, if you don't particularly love life and don't particularly want to live, guess what? You're going to sabotage your growth every single time. If your inner child still feels like you're a worthless piece of shit, guess what? You're not going to want to take care of your body. If the, the programming from – your very unhealed mother and grandmother and sister and very good friend from 1997 is still creeping into your everyday, you're not going to want to do anything. Like this is, this is just a fact. So I do think that work with somebody like me is extremely valuable. I think that's the most important thing. Really, truly, the, the, the shifting of the subconscious beliefs are where it's at. However, you do need a team. And I think that that team is the most important thing. Having an RD on your team is important. Having a therapist on your team is important. If you really want to in- change your your physical aesthetic, a personal trainer, completely valu- valuable, like so valuable. All of these things. If you're a runner, running coach, valuable. I'm a running coach, by the way. Um, I don't really see running clients anymore. I'm not opposed to seeing running clients. But uh, I just kind of stopped doing that when I started doing the type of coaching I'm doing now because running coaching is hard science and it doesn't fulfill me the way that this does because this is very specific to the individual. Like what I do is specific to each individual and each individual is different, which is another thing that I think is important for you all to know as you're going into your new year. There isn't a stock plan with stock answers that's going to get you to the desired result that you want. It just doesn't exist. It's not a thing that you're going to be able to do. The only thing that That's going to get you to where you need to be is your willingness to see what works for you to see what gets you excited and excitement is a very big part and also going past discomfort getting out of your comfort zone. So many people can do it for about seven days and then they tap the fuck out. This is a lifelong process. I promise that your energy will increase as you do it. You know, another thing that um, they mention in the book, The Tools, is the idea that the universe is not going to reward you just like a, like a fucking train seal. Um, and they actually use those words. I'm looking for the page right now because I think that it's, it's so fucking powerful the way that they, they write it as I flip through. I'm just kind of talking. Um, but the universe isn't going to reward you. As a trained SEAL, every time you do something, like, yes, you're going to get the forward motion force, and yes, you are going to get back what you put in. However, not every time. So the way that our brain is trained is that we're trained, I do something, I get a reward. So that's the way Western standardized education taught you. It's not your fault. You believe that every time you do something, you're going to get a reward. So when you stop drinking, for example, um, you might go weeks, maybe months without feeling good, and you're like, where's my reward? I stopped drinking I should have got a reward well you're not getting a reward tough shit um what well, that's why with it with things like addictions smoking drinking overeating I recommend that people create their own reinforcement uh because you're not going to get it and you and you want it and when it's something like a physical addiction like alcohol sometimes that's what you need um but again what works today isn't going to work always but if it's something like submitting a proposal Or something like that. This is what's written in the chapter on the reversal of desire. It's easy to oversimplify this. This is page 47. A patient of mine toiled over many long nights and weekends to formulate a unique and creative proposal for his boss. But when he finally worked up the courage to submit the idea, his boss rejected it. You told me if I move forward, the universe would help me, he complained. This response illustrates how the modern mind typically misunderstands spiritual forces. It wants to make them predictably controllable. Yes, moving forward is a powerful way to connect to higher forces. But those forces are ultimately a mystery. They work in ways that are often beyond immediate understanding. The universe won't reward you like a trained seal every time you move forward. In fact, that naive belief that it would is simply another version of the comfort zone love it how triggered are you all right now You know, I had somebody in my, my group tell me they wanted to avoid reading that chapter because all the other chapters if you guys pick up the tools all of the other chapters are great like they're wonderful and they make you feel good like if you use active love or the grateful flow which I'm not going to cover on this podcast you're going to feel good right we all want that feel good feeling you're not gonna it's not like th- there is an equal that's the feminine that's the feminine connection to the divine that's your flow I've talked on this podcast ad nauseum about the difference between masculine and feminine energy and the feminine always feels really good we always feel very connected to God after we've done something to connect to the divine like we always feel very great but when we go to the masculine thump thump the masculine doing the masculine push past my comfort zone all of a sudden everybody's pissed off it's like baby this is part of it like this is part of it too. You got to have both parts. If you're not willing to do one part, guess what? Fuck you. You're going to be the same person in a year. And I don't, and I don't care. Like That's just how it is. Uh oh, hell. All right. So it's the new year. I recommend if you've started a resolution, you just stop it right now and wait two weeks. Wait two weeks because the faux motivation of the new year is, is inherently, um, self-sabotaging it is something that is i mean by day 10 everybody gives up um that's just how it is everybody thinks it's going to be different every year but it isn't so you would be actually taking your power back by giving up today i would prefer that you just give up today just give up like give up today it's a better uh, it's a better way to be the next thing that i would tell you to do after you give up and you, and you take a couple of, take a couple of weeks, really, take a couple of weeks, I would ask you to come up with a very large why. Most of us in Western society are trained to look for the how. And this is, this, by the way, this piece of advice is as old as dirt. Like this goes to Tony Robbins. We could read Simon Sinek's Start With Why. Like we could read all of this stuff like there's tons of shit for you to read out there but really start with start with why like start with why this is one of the most important things start with why because why you do something is is the most important thing it do, if you, it doesn't really matter like the how will reveal itself we have said this on this podcast with so many different people People want the how. Start with why. Why are you doing it? If your why is big enough, you will pull yourself forward if your why is big enough. If your why is not big enough, you're not going to care. You're not going to care. You're not going to do it. Start with why. Take a couple weeks to really solidify that why. And prepare yourself for things that are going to be happening because Truly, it's not going to be an easy thing. And the only thing that we can do to motivate ourselves is to, number one, have a big why, and number two, take immediate and constant action. And massive action, like thump, thump. Sometimes we do need to sit still. For some of you guys, overaction is a thing. And the way to discern it is really just if you're a person that's in overwhelm all the time, busy all the time, if you use busy as a badge of honor, maybe your shit is the opposite of this. It's usually one shit or the other shit. You know, you're either busy all the time, you need to have more feminine in your experience or you're a plop and then you need to introduce more masculine to your experience. But whatever it is, start with why. Why is so huge. And then the second thing. And maybe more importantly, is that that why should be grounded in self-love and not self-hate. So, for example, I see a lot of people giving up on their exercise goals because they their only reason for doing it is because they want to have a fucking different body. Well, what is that? I mean, there's nothing wrong with wanting to have a different body. But a lot of that is because they hate their current body. So, wanting to have a different body is one thing. But if it's because you hate your current body, that's a whole other thing. When your why is rooted in self-hate and not self-love, you will not be motivated to continue. Negative consequences don't work as a motivator. Self-hate does not work as a motivator. Thinking, oh, I'm going to die of congestive heart failure if I keep drinking or smoking or doing whatever. That doesn't work as a motivator. We've been putting diseased lungs on cigarette packs for years. No one cares. We're putting smoking kills on cigarettes for years. No one cares. People will get a, a fucking health scare. They won't smoke for 10 days. And all of a sudden, they'll be like, well, I'm healthy now. I'm just going to keep going back to it. Because the, the subconscious mind doesn't understand the future. So as long as everything's fine now, people... You know, no one cares. Start with why. And have that why be rooted in self-love. Like incredible, intense self-love. Not self-hate because nobody cares about self-hate. We want to run from self-hate. We don't like self-hate. I see this a lot with people that can't keep themselves motivated to exercise. It's because you only want to do it because you hate your current body. Guess what's not motivational? That that's not motivational if you hate your current body that's not motivational love self-love I also want to talk about the fact that I did mention a resource today and I have mentioned a lot of resources in the get the fuck off podcast but I'm gonna read something from the tools page 191 and this is this is very powerful okay It says, this book is designed to change your life, but it's not a magic pill, it's a blueprint for action. If you read it like a consumer, you might as well not read it at all. Change only happens through the faithful use of the tools. You might read something that inspires you to use them, but your resolve will fade quickly and you'll quit. It's like the old joke, when I feel the urge to work, I lie down till it passes, only it's not funny. Consumers try to make up for their laziness by gorging on new information. TV, podcasts, web searches, texts, emails, etc. But like a meal eaten too quickly, nothing is really digested. I once met a woman at a seminar who told me she read 75 books on spirituality in the past month. How could she find meaning in one book when she was already consuming the next? Trying to consume spirituality is like buying multiple GPS systems for your car and not learning to use any of them. I appreciate all of you being here. I appreciate you guys being listeners of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. But if I'm just another one of 20 podcasts that you listen on personal development and you do nothing, then you're just a, a useless consumer. Like you're just consuming information. You're just putting information in your head. In fact, I sometimes I have to do active work about this because I understand that the brain likes novelty and I'm in a position to be a teacher. So when I lead and I teach classes and I bring information to my group, I have to understand that not everybody resonates with one message. Because when I was talking about the tools, I had talked about that same fucking shit when I was talking about Kabbalah. Like in Kabbalah, we say, oh, you know, pain and prayer are really two ways to expand your vessel. I already talked about that. You know, Stutz talks about this, this same fucking concept and the tools you know some people resonate with this some people need it said a different way some people need to see a movie some people need to go to church some people need to meditate some people need to exercise like I get it I understand that not everybody resonates with every message but if you've heard it If you've got it, if you grasped it intellectually, if you see where the blocks are, and instead of doing something, you choose to read another book or look for something more novel or like that, and I know people like this, believe me, believe me, I've been working with humans a couple of years now. I see this shit all the time. If you're looking for more, that's not going to get you out of the fact that eventually you're going to have to push past the comfort zone. Like you're just going to have to and that's it. And I'm not going to I'm not going to budge on that you know I'm a, I'm a person who's had massive transformation and my mother said this to me and I'm going to say it here because my egos feeling real big today okay she said to me you know I really admire you and I and I and I was grateful for that she said that and then she said you know a lot of people couldn't do what you do and at least not without professional help and even then it would take them years and I said yeah that's why I'm the professional help I crack myself up. Ego's huge today. My ego is huge today. Um, but really though, I, I have to tell you. And, and this is coming from, honestly, this is coming from Sabrina Stanley. Who I had on the podcast. Uh, go back and listen to her episode. She is a professional ultra runner for Adidas Terex. She routinely comes in first place in aggressive mountainous hundred mile races. She said to me. This is like when we were working together years and years ago in a restaurant. She said to me, I believe if another human being can do it, surely so can I. And if any of you can just take anything from this, from this this show, from this podcast, from just being in an orbit with me, listening to my shit, you know, consuming my content. If I can do this, if any human can do it, it doesn't matter like if I can do it. Because I hate when people say that, well, if I can do it, so can you. No one cares. <laughs> just realize You are capable. If another human on this planet has done it, you can do it. We see people that are missing both legs run full marathons. We have a race here in New York City called the Al Gordon Four-Miler in Prospect Park. It was based off a guy who started running marathons in his 80s. Like if another human being can do it, so can you. Like, I don't want to insert or inject limiting beliefs into any human because I don't think that it's fair to do that. Like, I don't think it's fair to do that. I don't think that it's fair to inject a limiting belief into somebody else's experience because the thing that will hold you back the most is that you have a limiting belief. Your limiting belief says that you can't do it. So, as long as you're saying, oh, I'm that rare exception, I can't do this. Fuck you. <laughs> Stop fucking saying that. Stop being a dick. Stop it. Like, if you're and going through this, like, whole, like, okay, new year, new me, new year, new you, what are you have the same thoughts? Because if your thoughts are the same, you're certainly going to be the same motherfucking you this year, next year, at this time. True story. Change your thoughts, change your life. That's a real concept. Wayne Dyer talks about that in his book on the Dao Te Ching. The Dao Te Ching has been massively impactful in my life. I do read the Tao. I read the Tao daily. I think the Tao is phenomenal. Um, if you want to learn more about the Tao, uh, Martin John, who's very, very important person in my life, is going to be releasing a an app on the Tao Te Ching along with a, uh, it's going to have a version of the Tao that he himself wrote along with you know passages about each chapter of the DAO and interviews he and conversations rather that he's done on the DAO so uh, I'll keep you all updated on when that is going to be available and when it's available I will have a link in the episode notes for it I don't have one yet because it's not Uh, released yet. But, you know, I really love the Tao. I do. I I think that it's very important to understand that your inner world is really responsible for your outer world. Your manifestation of what is happening is based solely on what's going on internally. So if you don't change your thoughts, you will not have a a different life. Um, Get off the smokes. Get off the sauce. Both of those things. Really, truly. I mean, I, I struggled with smoking cigarettes for I wanted to stop probably one year into it and I did it for 17 years. I was 18 years. I did it 18 years and 17 of those years I wanted to stop. And uh, the my, the changing your, my thoughts on what that was and, and making it as negative as possible in my subconscious was the most important thing. Same with alcohol. Just understanding, seeing the fallacy of marketing, seeing the fallacy of the alcohol company, seeing the the fucking fallacy of it all and being able to see through. If you guys go through my episodes, there's a ton of episodes on how negative alcohol is. Stop being a dick. Let that sink into your subconscious that it's fucking negative. It makes you less. It doesn't make you great. It doesn't make you social. It doesn't make you fun. It makes you less. If you're ever in a social gathering with a bunch of people that have been drinking for hours and you're sober, you see how less they are. God, I hate when somebody says something to me four or five times in a row. (laughs) I used to do that. And I'm, I'm happy about the fact that I know that when I go into every social situation now, I remember it, all of it, because I want to be present for my life. I don't want to sleep through my life. Take the time. You know, you got to kick the fuck out of your ego to give your higher self a hug because your ego's in the way. So kick the shit out of that fucking ego, but... Do everything out of self-love. Call yourself out on your fucking bullshit. You want to have a different year this year? Fucking call yourself out on your bullshit. Because you're full of shit. So all of us are. Me too. I'm a fucking human. I'm not some kind of perfect specimen. I'm a human being working on myself. This morning, I woke up angry. The first thing I wanted to do when I was, you know, in my anger was, was place blame. I wanted to blame someone or something for my anger. But I'm just angry. So what did I do? I sat and I did a meditation. going to go exercise. Maybe things will be different afterwards, but maybe today I'm just going to be angry and that's how it is. I'm not angry right now. I'm not angry in this in this very moment, but like I'm still working on myself. I still have moments where I lash out at people. I still have moments where I get hateful. I still have moments where I get mad. I still have moments where I eat too much chocolate. Like I have these moments and because I'm a human and, and just for, you know, fucking – Don't judge yourself for being that. But also kick the shit out of your ego. Stop fucking living in bullshit of, oh, I can't do that. I'm just so different from everyone else. Don't you love those people that have that story? I'm so different from everyone else. No, you're not. You're the same as everybody else. And the sooner you can embrace the fact that you're the same as everybody else, that's when the things that are different and special, those gifts that you have on loan from the creator, the divine, God himself, whoever you believe in, are going to come out the most true. Is when you realize You're part of a a collective and everybody has their karma. Everybody has things that they're working on. Everybody has inherent privilege and everybody has inherent setbacks. And if we can just embrace our experience as wholly as we can, not be victim to it, but just be, we'll have a great life. All right, I'm coming down. That's it. Coming off the soapbox. I hope you guys got value out of this episode. Pick up this tools if you can. If you have anything that you would like to have a conversation about. I am accepting applications for one-on-one clients for the new year. I, I have about three spots left for the new year. I have a maximum amount. I learned what my what my capacity is and uh, I have three spots left. So you can go to getthefuckoff.com slash coaching to read. It's a very short application. It's got a few questions. <laughs> you can fill that out and um, I'll follow up within 24 to 48 hours with next steps if that's something that you're serious about for the new year, I would really love to have a conversation with you. If this is finally the time that you want to spend, you know, working through this, we'd probably start around the second week of January, maybe even the third week. Because I don't particularly love onboarding a client in the first week, but it would be a long—it's a longer process than that. I it wouldn't even be ready until the second or third week. So don't hesitate on filling the application out now. Um, we probably won't get to talk until you know a week or two anyway. So definitely. You know, just go ahead, go over to that page, fill that out if that's something. Um, Let's see what else. I have on my website recommended reading for day one, which I recommend all the people in day one read. So you can definitely peruse that list if you're looking for some self-help books. Um, Yes those are all affiliate links I make like 18 cents if you buy one so it's not like it's not like some big you know cash thing for me but I just decided to have all my resources in one place for day one and I'm expanding that to the uh, listeners of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Uh, you can get on my email list, breakfree.getthefuckoff.com if you want to um, you know, receive more more stuff, more opportunities, um, learn about things that are coming up. I've been doing more classes on All Takes this year, so I should have another one coming up this month. If you want to be updated on that, go ahead and register for that list. I'm going to put all these links in the episode notes, by the way. Uh, Alltakes.com slash get-off slash sober-series will give you the replays, their downloads. Their downloads and their big files, just letting you guys know but you can always watch it and delete it um i'm gonna have a more consolidated version of those files hopefully as soon as i go do it myself all takes is brand new so they're a startup they're female-owned. Uh, two of the people that uh, were part of the uh, the initial uh, group of people were, worked at Google, and they left to start All Takes, and All Takes is rapidly expanding. And I'm one of their first hundred guides, and so there's definitely stuff that they're working out. But the studio in All Takes is really cool. There's actually a chat in there, and uh, you guys can go in and you can register for the sober series even though it's over and you can chat with me if you would like to Uh, I will be responsive to that chat and we'll see um, how long I'll keep that open I'm going to keep it open for the month of January if anybody's doing dry January and they just want the information because it's a really powerful series and I want to give a big thank you to Lori Walker who is the person that came to all three classes Lori thank you so much for just showing up and your vulnerability it was beautiful and I, I know that a lot of people will, will get like will, will really get a lot of healing because of your willingness to show up as your beautiful authentic self so thank you Lori for for being that person and for everybody else that registered you know that 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 watched um that caught the replays thank you as well um for showing up and and for showing up for yourself I really I think that that's beautiful and um yeah, I really want to honor you as well for being there and being a part of the Sober Series. So I want to honor everybody for that. Um, but if you guys want to register for that and catch the replays, definitely go ahead. Uh, it equates to about 16 bucks a class, and uh, you'll have it always. And there's slides in there as well. There's a little worksheet, and I also have a lot of lo- recommended reading in there, um, which is not on the day one page because this is Sober specific. And uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, if you get value out of the Get the Fuck Off podcast and you would like to support me financially – uh, you could leave me a tip in the tip jar. Uh, definitely leave me a tip. I'm gonna put a link in the episode notes. You know, New Year, New Tip. <laughs> I do this completely free as a labor of love, and will continue to do so. Um, tips are always appreciated and, and kind, and they they uh, they help me. You know, they I, they they motivate me to show up. Um, they pay for things like my website. My uh, my website is where I host this podcast. So. That's very valuable um, to have a little contribution to keep that going. And uh, that's all I got, everybody. Happy New Year. Thank you for showing up for yourself and showing up for the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I'm so, so happy to start another year with you. This is as I uh, put all the little stuff in when I type in like episode number, episode duration. Now I can put like... You know, when I, when I save these MP3 files, it always asks me to put it in a year and I'm typed 2023 and that's really fucking cool. I remember when it was 2003 and, um, what a rich life it's been. So thank you all for being here. I will be back next week with another episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Check out the show notes for all those links to everything I mentioned. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Happy New Year. Stay beautiful.